0: Are you an aspiring superintendent do you want to learn more about the modern day superintendency well keep listening because today we go behind the curtain of isa's aspiring superintendent academy welcome to the isa podcast my name is jason neville and i serve as director of communications for isa our topic today is all about our aspiring superintendent academy which we are now accepting applications for With me are Dr. Nick Poliak. He's the superintendent at Leiden High School, one of three of the program facilitators. Also joining me is Dr. Tiffany Brunson. She's the superintendent at ESD 159 in Madison. And Travis Titsworth, the superintendent at Hudsonville, CUSD number one. Thank you for everyone for being here. Uh, We'll start with Dr. Poliak. Uh, For someone listening to this podcast, maybe who is not familiar with the IESA Aspiring Superintendent Academy, can you share just sort of what it is and how long it's been around and sort of who the facilitators are?
1: Sure. Uh, Thanks, Jason. Thanks for having us today. The uh, Aspiring Superintendent Academy was a dream we had about 10 years ago. We saw all the retirements coming. We knew we needed to help prepare the next generation of school leaders. And so we created the Aspiring Superintendent Academy. Uh, This summer will be our ninth year of running this program, and I'm I'm blessed and honored to co-facilitate it with Dr. Mike Lubelfeld and Dr. Courtney Urzell.
0: When is this year's academy, and if someone is interested in participating, can you give them some of the steps of how to apply?
1: Sure. This year's academy is uh, the last full week of June. Um, I think we arrive on Sunday, and everyone goes home on Thursday. And so you can go to the IASA website. There's a link there under professional development to sign up for the Aspiring Superintendent Academy. Uh, You can fill it all out in a Google form, and then you just need a letter of support from your superintendent uh, of your current district uh, showing that you have the support to attend.
0: We're very lucky to have two graduates of the IASA uh, Aspiring Superintendent Academy with us today. Uh, Dr. Tiffany Brunson, we'll start with you. Can you just share a little bit about? Yourself and your kind of leadership journey.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I was um, quite honored to be asked to um, give my perspective. Um, this is this marks year twenty nine. I am in my second year as a proud superintendent of Elementary School District One Fifty Nine, where we serve the families of Madison, Tinley Park, and Richton Park. Um, I would say that my journey, the twenty nine years, has been it's been. Kind of a winding road, but really amazing. Um, of course, started off as a, a teacher of diverse learners. So I did that. And then after, let me let me go back. I will say that I started off elementary school and high school. So I taught at both elementary and high school. And then I became an assistant principal in Chicago, principal in Chicago, then a principal in um, Forest Park. And then after leaving there with a long journey, uh, the journey led me to um, the chief diver- the first chief diversity equity inclusion officer for Rockford. And my um, superintendent at the time, Dr. Aaron Jarrett, he was the one who gave me the letter of support to join lucky number seven, which is the, the um, cycle in which I was part of. Um, and so that led me to where I am now.
0: How much did completing the ISA Superintendent Academy help you sort of make that transition uh, from being a central office uh, DEI uh, administrator to the superintendency?
2: It was interesting because at that time, I had just started interviewing for superintendent positions. And so when I actually showed up to join the um, academy, I had already accepted my first superintendency. So it was, when I say it was time to take that, and then within the next week, I was ready to put it all into, it was all into practice. So for me, it was, the timing was perfect. The timing was perfect. That, um, we could have been there for two weeks, because what they did was amazing, getting us prepared. We had some scenarios. We really understood, I don't want to say in theory, but we really got a chance to think about if you had these this this scenario happened or if you had some of these things occur, which they were all real life, real, you know, things that have occurred, that we would be prepared because a lot of it is strategy, um, collaboration and all of the things that we learned. So I'm telling you, the next week I was ready to go. Um, But what I learned most was that there was a group of people that I can turn to because this is this can be a very isolating job, you know, a position. And we have kept in touch. We we call each other. We text each other. We reach out for support. And so all of the things I learned that week were amazing, but it was the friendships and even Nick being able to, you know, call Nick and Courtney and Mike if I need, needed them. And so that was, for me, the most valuable part of it, even though some of the the practical things that I, that I learned, but that is the most valuable part of it for me.
0: Travis, before I get to you, I want to ask uh, Nick something that uh, Dr. Brunson touched on. She had already accepted the superintendency. Can you talk a little bit about uh, what type of people uh, come to the program? Are they principal, central office staff, or already superintendents? Can you talk a little about the target audience?
1: Yeah, the target audience. Great question. We've had hundreds of folks in this program uh, over, the, over the years it's been running, and they vary from uh, we've had sitting superintendents, folks like Tiffany, who had recently accepted a position, uh, but the majority, I would say, are central office administrators, assistant superintendents, directors, uh, building principals. We've even had some assistant principals. And so really, it's anybody who wants to learn more about the superintendency. And our goal is to pull back the veil and demystify the job. This is what it is. Don't feel like you have to know everything. This is where you go to get the help for anything you need.
0: Travis, thank you also for joining us. Can you just share a little bit about yourself and just kind of your leadership journey into the superintendency?
3: Uh, of course. Uh, thank you for having me on here, Jason. It was like like Tiffany said, this is an honor to, to, to be able to sit here with you guys and talk about um, this program, which honestly really kind of prepared me, in a sense, to get ready for the superintendency. I started off as a high school chemistry and physics teacher for my first six years. Um, From that point, I went on to be the principal of an alternative school for our regional office of education 12 here. um, And then I took over at Hudsonville as the high school principal. And then the year prior to being a superintendent, my superintendent was was leaving. We knew she was going to be retiring and, and they kind of came, my board came to me and asked if I wanted to be superintendent. And at that point, I was like, I don't know. I hadn't even started school. I hadn't done anything. I was really pretty content with being the principal at the high school. And um, so I, I, you know, it's my home district. I thought, well, if anybody's going to lead it, I, I want it to be me. I really had no idea what I was getting myself into. So I was an assistant superintendent the previous year before my superintendency. And going to the aspiring superintendent academy really kind of prepared me because I, already was, I was an assistant superintendent actually I w- shifted into that role on July first, which we were at the academy at that time. Um, but I really didn't know what it was um, coming from a small district perspective of mine was very small. My lens was very was very small, and once we sat there with with our cohort and and learned from each other um and grew with each other I mean I grew more in that week than I I can in in a lot of my educational experiences um the different activities we did the different scenarios as Tiffany mentioned I mean things that I had never thought about coming from a very tiny district and and seeing the different districts and the different things that challenges that they have so it it was very eye-opening but it's very welcoming also And, and, and the relationships I've met, we go to conference and I talk and we, and we, we catch up with each other. I mean, it's just a, it's so awesome how, how we bonded as, as, as a
0: cohort. Travis, I want to uh, stay with you and just kind of looking back on that experience. What are some of the activities that you performed uh, that week that sort of stand out as you sort of look back that really, that really helped you uh, make that transition?
3: Um, I think in my, especially in my first year of superintendency, it, it's the the media, the 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 opening up our umbrella that are we have to encompass a lot more than just our students and our staff. That we have to be able to speak to our community, to speak to our stakeholders. Um, I don't know the exact. They they gave us a prompt and um, where they and they showed. Where WGN had come to the school. And, and it was something I'd never really thought of coming from a small district. Like I don't have the newspaper or I don't have the, the news showing up to my school unless it's really, really bad. But it, it made me think that, you know, even if I have, you know, the fire department here outside my school, my community is wondering what's going on. Or if if the police are here, they're they're gonna wonder what's going on. So if I'm able to to get that out there first and let my community know what's going on, I'm ahead of, of what's going on. And then I don't have to be you know, defensive. I have. I'm the one putting out the story, so people know. So I really took that. The media one was a big one for me because I had never really thought about that
0: perspective. So much of what makes the aspiring a superintendent academy unique is you learn things beyond what you would learn in graduate school, and I think that communication scenario is a great example. Dr. Poliak, can you talk a little bit more? about what people go through uh, during that communications uh, scenario, what it looks like?
1: Sure. I mean, the the whole program is rooted in activity and scenario-based learning. So we didn't want it to be theory. We didn't want it to be maybe what you did in your doctoral program. Uh, That's all great and then necessary, but this is boots on the ground kind of activities. So the communication scenario, um, you're given um, a, a written description of something that just happened at your school and you have to prepare immediate communications to go out to your school community and you have to prepare to to answer to the media whether it's the local newspaper or the tv station is coming to interview you and we put people on the spot and we we simulate that so they can feel what the pressure feels like of questions coming at you from every direction
0: let's uh, sort of stick with some of the schedules and activities dr poliak uh, can you kind of take me through what the schedule looks like and uh, I do also, want, if you could also just quickly add, how about how many people will be accepted this year?
1: Yeah, we, um, we cap the program at 40 participants uh, because we feel like if we get any bigger than that, we're going to have um, logistical space issues, and we want the group to be small enough that they can build relationships with one another, um, as you were kind of hearing from Travis. So uh, the days have different themes to them. What we've been talking about is all part of the communications day. Uh, we have day a day that is more on finance and operations of running a school district we have um, activities related to school law where we actually bring in live school lawyers to try to um, help people uh, digest an an issue and get to uh, some actionable steps we uh one of the days counts as an administrator academy so we all have to do those anyway so we embedded one into the program um we have life touch photography they come and they take professional headshots for everyone so they can update their website or social media accounts uh, really we just jam a whole lot of things into that into that week
0: uh Dr Brunson we talked a little bit uh earlier about the uh the time commitment part I mean you were recently you'd already accepted the job uh as as superintendent now all of a sudden you're going to spend four days in Springfield. Were you apprehensive about that time away? And then once you got here, did you find out, wow, I really needed to be here for four four days?
2: Um, A little bit of both. So, of course, because I had just accepted and so I was making that transition. But once I arrived, instantly I knew this is exactly what I needed. It was the time was well spent. Like Nick said, everything is you can tell that they have taken a lot of time. To, and it's all well thought out. And I'm sure that they probably could have extended it for three more weeks because the thing that I've learned from attending and then now, you know, putting everything into practice that week was almost like what a week would be like of being a superintendent. Because there's so much that happens in a day, so much that happens before when you get in your car and drive to work, that you already have to be ready to um, strategize. You have, there may be a letter, an email. There's a lot of things. It's pretty, some days are very, very fast paced. And the one thing that I did learn, um, and I love that Nick said that they did a really good job at demystifying what the job is. And, and I love that they were, um, sitting soups, um, or like Dr. Rozelle, who now is now going to be a, a sitting soup again, um, had the opportunity. And so it really was not, you know, theory. It was like, this is practical, and you're going to be able to use this instantly, and you're going to use it tomorrow. And so that week was jam-packed. But it was it really did prepare me for even the importance and the magnitude of the job. So I really did appreciate all of and everything that we were able to get done. I was amazed at how much we actually got done in that short amount of time.
0: Dr. Brunson mentioned some of the names of our presenters. Uh, so with us we have Nick and she mentioned Courtney, but uh, Mike Lubefeld is also one of the uh, facilitators of the academy travis can you just talk like a little bit about their teaching style and the energy that they bring to the academy uh definitely
3: so i remember the first day going in there i mean you had about 40 of us coming in there from all over illinois and and kind of very quiet we're very you know almost that that nervous energy was in there and you have three presenters who are almost seamless in the way that they present it's almost like they've practiced and rehearsed and make you feel as we come in very welcome and really kind of break that ice i mean I, there we had an icebreaker activity we we got into it but it as they go through the days the way they interject you know a little humor with the seriousness with you know courtney keeping them on task it it, it makes that day fly by because it, it's almost like it's almost like I don't want to say it's like a show, but it is. You feel like you're part of something because they they put it all together almost, like like they practiced. I mean, it, it's and they feed off of each other so well. Like I mean, I could go back today and and learn and and I, and I wish I would because after sitting here for a year, I probably need to sit in there again to pick up some more stuff from them because it just, it, it, I mean, it really did, it, it did demystified it, but they work so seamlessly together to to build rapport with each one of you like when I left after four days like I felt like I had a real relationship with each one of the presenters they just weren't up there telling us how to do it or what to do they, they wanted to be a part of our careers which which I took away as as more than anything that I learned there but I had somebody I could rely on um and, and pick up the phone or, or send an email and, and they would respond to me if I had a question that I needed so almost like a mentors when they got done that's how I felt when I left.
0: Uh, last question, just Dr. Poliak, any sort of final thoughts or anything else uh, that you want to say to anybody interested in applying for the uh, ISA Aspiring Superintendent Academy?
1: I would say if you're interested, apply early. We've had years where it sells out and we have a waiting list of folks, but um, I think it'll be worth your time. I wouldn't. It, it really refuels me every summer to get back to my teaching roots and go spend time with folks in this. And the feedback has always been really, really good. And that, that keeps driving us forward to keep doing it every year. And so you don't have to listen to just um, Mike and Courtney and me. We bring in some guest superintendents from all over the state to share their different leadership stories and journeys. We connect you with the School Board Association and they'll do a mini screening interview with you like you're applying for a job. And so um, I think you'll really find a lot of value and I'd love to work with you this summer. Nick, Tiffany, Travis, thank you for joining me.